grab a drink. It's time for another episode of Off the Record, On the Rocks. Join Michael Toner and Ankarino Lara as we discuss the latest in all things Web3. Tune out the noise and turn up the signal as we pour ourselves into the future. Better make mine a double. All right, everybody, welcome back to another Off the Record, On the Rocks with my good friend, Mr. Ankarino Lara. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing fantastic, Michael. I mean... What's there not to love? It's summertime. Everyone's out. The price of Bitcoin is up. And look, everyone in the government's working overtime for you and for me as we head into July. What's happening? What's we happening better make world? it a double. We got a lot of stuff to get through. It's been a wild and crazy week. We talked, we finished last week, uh, I think, right as the news of this. BlackRock Bitcoin ETF was coming out as we headed into this new week, uh, kind of final week, a second to final week in June. So mid-June, kind of strange summertime, but the thing breaking through the headlines, uh, which we have to at least touch on, the, the submarine just captivating the world's attention, stealing the narrative, if you will. A lot of folks making noise of juxtaposing these billionaires in a submarine uh, you know, going down to see the Titanic um, versus the uh, immigrants in Greece and the boat. I, I don't want to. I don't want to say. I don't want to spend a whole bunch of time on it. But I also, it's very. It's very recent. It. I think the the way I've been trying to process it is it has taken over uh, the global narrative. There, you know, you, you'd have to be living under a rock anywhere in the world. So. A, global implications here you had uh i think pakistani uh billionaire on there you had a uh was a uk us building billionaire it's almost like this global okay. yeah this global cook i don't even know how to make sense of it but it reminded me of the balloon the chinese spy balloon we've talked about these things these distractions from the real narrative because at the same time the entire globe is captivated by this story breaking headlines you've got the big institutional guys jp morgan to launching their coin blackrock etf other etfs the uh, fed now program full steam ahead jerome powell saying uh we're going to need to have oversight over this uh something quote from the imf yesterday saying that uh, they view uh, countries that had banned cryptocurrency might be a you know a, a bad policy. They may they may have been short sighted in that ban, really just legitimizing the entire crypto market at the very moment. The re the most of the world's just not paying attention to that. And I know it's a myopic view of it, but what's your hot take from submarine to? <laughs> JP Morgan coin. Yeah, I mean, look, the submarine, it's a tragedy. The submarine, the the news of the submarine is that narrative steal. You know, it isn't as global or sorry, the Chinese spy balloon wasn't as global as this, like you just said, right? That was China and the US. This has everybody on. There's a French adventurer, I believe, is on the boat. You're just off of uh, Australia. There's a bunch of other sort of international folks. The US Coast Guard was there. The, you know, don't go to, too far down the conspiracy theory abyss, but the way that history tends to have these echoes of coincidence, it was on the Titanic that actually sank that there were famously people, rich billionaires, who were opposed to the Federal Reserve. 
So talk about bringing it full circle to these things. That that was sort of the conspiracy theory of the Titanic, which is you had three major billionaires who were opposing the Federal Reserve. You had J.P. Morgan, the name in the mix. Titanic goes down. There was some question about how what well, was an iceberg. But then within a week of the Titanic sinking and having all those billionaires who opposed the Federal Reserve on it, the Federal Reserve launched. And so now we have this weird parallel where, gosh, there's actually a supposedly someone who is a great great granddaughter or son i don't know if you heard this or read this yeah, who was in I a did. sub who was from the great grandfather great great double great granddaughter or son of someone who was on the titanic and that was part of the reason why they were there because they really needed to see that history etc and then there is a catastrophic implosion which apparently the sources from the coast guard said that they detected as soon as oh, it yeah. went down so then the news goes for like five more days that we're looking days, for this thing days. for the entire week as if there was some hope they were going to find. And they even have the news of like hearing knocking. I mean, it's morbid and terrible. But the question we're counting really, down like would be like, hours of oxygen left like, like, like as if the oxygen was still there. They're, they're telling this whole big story. And then yeah. as soon as they all agree at the end of the week, hey, we, we see this this uh, wreckage that looks like a pattern that we have seen with things like this. So yeah, we're really sorry. And then we would notify everybody. And then the next day, JP Morgan announces the JPM coin. I mean, it couldn't. And, and then the next day, the federal reserve says, and the IMF says, you know, banning this, all this stuff outright, probably not the best idea. Let's figure out ways to regulate. And then the next day you have ripple in Europe, you have JP Morgan in Europe, or Rex Ripple was in Singapore offering their their offerings. <laughs> JP Morgan's in Europe offering the JPM coin, and you have Mexico tripling down on Bitcoin Lightning Network with their like equivalent of their Walmart of Mexico, and it all and, comes and instantly after the news uh, for one full week of delay. And what happened? We, I mean, we needed something, right? We needed something in the news so that not everybody is is getting this i mean binance sec strike a deal to keep us customer assets in country like the news that was june 20th that so maybe one comment and then we'll kind of piece apart all of these headlines we've just rattled off but yeah i i think you know talking to my wife yesterday she's like you know when she heard that piece about the the secret microphones you know apparently heard it on on saturday or whatever moments after she's like and they they kept feeding us this news all week and i and i it was very telling for somebody who you know she she's a news consumer maybe not as much as i am but it was it was her gut reaction mm -hmm. was like feeling like the story had been spoon-fed and i and i think that that is maybe the takeaway into for the listeners for those who are still trying to pay attention to what's happening in governments and regulation and international relations and the banking system and monetary policy and what this means for our economy like this week was a huge week for that with all of these moves um so i'll start with the the blackrock etf i mean blackrock the world's largest uh, uh asset manager hands down the world's largest asset manager no other company in the world manages more assets than BlackRock and they are filing for this Bitcoin ETF. I'm seeing the news uh, even just now. It looks like this thing is going live 
Leveraged Bitcoin Futures ETF to start trading Tuesday. It will become the first leveraged crypto ETF available in the United States. So leverage, like, leverage. How did think, they... about, think, think about that. Just think about that. In the context of all of the other crazy stuff we've been talking about for the last two years, what took Terra Luna down and made Doquan run to Montenegro only to be extradited to Korea? What did Celsius and Voyager and Mike Novogratz, who put tattoos of these meme coins on his body, what of Sam Bankman-Fried and Caroline Ellison and FTX, what is it about all of those things that share some similar trait? They all allowed retail investors to borrow or effectively use leverage to buy crypto. And then when the things bottom out, everyone gets washed out. It's a, cl it's, the, it's a classic way. You're either rug pulling someone on purpose or you're basically running a, what was a, a exposed as pyramid schemes, Ponzi okay. schemes, right? So all of that. And then ETF from BlackRock comes out, which is that exact same thing. Except that this time, the company behind it, like Vanguard, which I think is a close second to BlackRock, I think that it's like in the trillions of money they're managing, like 20, 30, yeah. 40 trillion. And when you have trillions with a T, you can straight up offer leverage. Now, I'm sure they're not going to offer 100 times leverage. Maybe it's going to be 1, 2, 5, 10 or whatever. But just think about uh, in the, all the things we've been talking about. And we said over so many shows, they're going to just burn out and deep six all of these companies and all these people. And then when the government's ready, we're going to hit the button and turn on the official version of all these things that is identical to what you were just using, except that right. now it's the government's version. It is some right. dirty business, man. Dirty business. Yeah, and it, it means to me that there's a couple of these players. We, we talk a lot about Coinbase. Brian Armstrong's been playing the game for a while. Coinbase didn't come out of nowhere. They didn't start yesterday during NFT summer, uh, despite their failed NFT marketplace. That's a different story. Um, <laughs> they, they've been working on this, right? They've been they've been at this for a while, and it's it's important, I think, to 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 understand when. When we see a headline from Bloomberg today, you know, 5 a.m., I even look at the timestamps on these things. It's like <laughs> they knew that story. JP Morgan starts Euro blockchain payment for corporates. Uh, and this is their announcing of JPM coin, which they're going to use to move, I guess, uh, they're enterprise transactions, like yep. banking transactions amongst the banking system. And you know, that didn't just come out of nowhere. They've been following the regulation. They are talking to the attorneys. They're talking to the SEC. They're probably talking to the community uh, commodity futures, uh, the CFTC, to make sure that when they launch this thing, they're doing it within the bounds, the, the current confines of the legal framework. And it didn't just come out of nowhere on June 23rd. It is literally timed with all of this other stuff. You're getting news about, uh, you know, uh, Ripple and XRP and FedNow supposed to go live real soon. If that goes live and they're going to allow transactions in some sort of CBDC, then shouldn't BlackRock and JP Morgan be able to do that? And Coinbase now going to say, yes, us too, please. And, and Robinhood saying, yes, us too, please. And Polygon is up on Capitol Hill saying, yes, us too, please. They all want a shot at this new market that's being created. Meanwhile, Amazon, Google, Meta, these guys are ready to flip switches. Apple, we've talked about a lot. These guys are ready to 
push buttons and turn on their version of this digital transaction, this digital ledger, this this single place, this <laughs> let's call it what it is, this blockchain <laughs> technology. I mean, the, the part about this that is um, it's so funny, I think, for people like us who've been looking at this market for as long as we have, for the listeners who've been in tech and have been in you know, this world for 10, 15, 20 years, you see cycles of patterns. And the interesting one here is that, you know, you can demonize something real quick in the in the press and the news, right? This is what the FUD is. We everyone talks about the fear, the uncertainty, and the doubt. And we've seen in the last couple of years that the way the U.S. has been managing things via the office of Gary Gensler and the Security and Exchange Commission is to go and just start fining people, companies, into oblivion. The ones that can pay the fines, they pay and they move on. The other ones who can't, like let's think about library. Remember when library, L-B-R-Y coin mm -hmm. got shut down? You see these random little guys get kind of sort of washed out. And everyone who's got a lot of cash, J.P. Morgan, the Ripple XRP people, uh, gosh, J.P. Morgan, anybody who's in the banking, they say, well, if CBDCs, if central bank digital currencies are going to be regulated like this, and also highly politicized like this, because already you're seeing the GOP seems to like Bitcoin, the Democrats seem to like CBDCs, which then becomes synonymous with the surveillance state and blah, blah, blah. Well, it's gonna be political, right? There'll be this battle and the ballots, the ballot's gonna be full of crypto. You said Bitcoin on the ballot, it's gonna be all on the ballot. So what do you do if you're sitting around with a bunch of money and you know the regulators? Well, you go to other countries and JP Morgan's JPM coin, which I cannot believe they called it that, but their coin is designed to be effectively like an, I'm gonna coin it today, I'm gonna coin the term, an ICBDC, the International Central Bank Digital Currency, because what they're saying is, okay, we can't do what we thought we were gonna do. We have the tech. These guys have always had the tech. Like you said, right. they scheduled that, that article to release at 5 a.m. with some bot. Like that was tech's been done for years. <laughs> So they're like, right. well, we can't use it here because the government's gonna get crazy. So let's just go over to Europe and tell Europe, we have a way to resolve Euro to dollar transactions via this new blockchain called the JPM coin. And I'm sure they're offering them all these incentives and I'm sure they're telling them whatever they need to hear. So there'll be full adoption in Europe with JP Morgan for Euro, uh, for the Euro. Then you're gonna go over to Singapore and Asia and if, if Brad Garlinghouse and Ripple has their way, the full adoption of basically managing Asian CBDCs to dollars. So they're gonna build out these really strong networks of international business and then come back to the US once the regulators have already done their thing, which you and I have said is kind of imminent, right? This is supposed to be, I think July, July 4th, 5th, 6th. Like it has to get done before we all break in, July, in August and Congress resumes because how else are we gonna be running an election cycle if there isn't any firm regulation around crypto in the US. So I just looked up FedNow and I'm, I'm reading, this is also from two days ago. So June 21st, 7 a.m. on the dot. This is from Forbes and the title is FedNow and the UX revolution of real-time payments. And this is an article in Forbes starts the July 2023rd launch of FedNow, comma, the first real-time payment, RTP. RTP. New acronym, new acronym alert, ding, ding, ding. Uh, <laughs> RTP platform administered by the Federal Reserve Bank promises greater optionality for B2B and B2C end users. This is um, fascinating to me that 
that headline coming from Forbes. Uh, it looks like it's somebody from a bank, actually. Uh, y Pro. I'll send you this link. But yeah, yeah. I mean, this—that's the other thing happening. Is yes. So all of this news coming out: J.P. Morgan, BlackRock, Bitcoin ETFs, other. Uh, you know, big brand names, anyone who's been waiting on the sidelines to sort of deploy their Web3 strategy is now being bolstered by the narrative. The narrative, if you're paying attention at these enterprises is, okay, guys, we've at least got the lime green light. It, it's not green yet, but FedNow is going live in July and they're going to pull up some crypto regulation. Some bill is going to get a house vote in July. And these two things coming together You've got the markets ready. You've got BlackRock Bitcoin ETF ready. You've got uh, Maybe a good Nike time. announcing their latest Web3 project. Like the brands are ready. The banks are ready. The, the regulators just need to push go. And and here's our new economy. Here's our new digital economy. And, and, and we, and to that point, we talked about, well, who? Who are the cast of characters that are going to be trotted out next? Right. We talked, we, we were guessing, I was guessing some Southern District of New York types, right? Attorney generals, different people there. I was guessing, you know, maybe you get some, some more billionaire money guys wanting to come to Washington to talk to talk to because maybe they want to throw their hat in their political ring. And unexpectedly, a, a woman named Jess Chang kind of popped onto everybody's radar this week as well. Or I should say like maybe under the radar since everyone was, you know, you know, completely you know, confused with all the rest of the news going on. But she shows up. And why is she important? Well, she's a Yale graduate. She's a lawyer. She's worked at some pretty prestigious, um, you know, law firms. She happens to have worked at Ripple XRP for a number of years, readying the blockchain platform to effectively replace the Swift banking platform. So you can see XRP and Ripple's language replacing old systems. Same thing that JP Morgan says going to Europe, replacing old systems, right? Just how do you take the A out of automated clearinghouse? How do you like, or I guess, how do you put, how do you put the A back in for real and like make it like transparent? And there she is. And where else does she work? Well, you go deeper and she worked for the IMF, International Monetary Fund. And now what is she doing? Well, now she's the person behind rolling out FedNow. And I mean, I don't know if you try to like put these two things together. It seems like Ripple and XRP know something we don't. Could they be yeah. the backbone of Fed now? Maybe. Clearly, them going out into Asia, to Europe, to other places and, and developing relationships, they feel pretty confident about their presence in the rest of the world, you know, the U.S. notwithstanding. And when you talk about her coming out and saying that, and then you say it's the 22nd of July, which is perfectly the last week before Congress goes on vacation. <laughs> and we were saying we we're going to hear some great news before July 4th. I still think we are going to hear great news before July 4th around some of this regulation. But then ultimately, when FedNow launches, FedNow, if they don't own the narrative, this is my prediction, if they don't own the narrative that week of the 22nd when they launch, like you would think FedNow is coming. This is the most important kind of fundamental technological change to the way that the government is going to be managing finances as it relates to their citizens with taxes, with whatever else they have planned. If that goes and they don't just take that whole week to talk about all the greatness, and this is just yet another bullet point that just falls to the bottom of the mill, of the grist mill of you know our news, then we'll know that it's not ready and that it's totally smoke and mirrors. 
Like, because this is this has got to be one of the biggest changes. And I'm wondering just how much they're going to scream about it. it yeah. If, if they, they, it feels like they should make a lot of noise if they want to drown everybody out. Like, they should, they should Apple event week style market it. You know, I, I just I don't um, I don't know. I'm not confident the government has that kind of those legs under it. Well, I, I, I want to stick on Jesse for just a moment because this is, you know, her background is fascinating. So from 2015 to 2018, Jess served as deputy general counsel at enterprise blockchain company Ripple, where she advised on a wide range of legal and regulatory issues. That's 2015 to 2018, uh, where she was clearly in the depths of the legal and regulatory challenges around blockchain technology. Uh, you go back even further, four years prior from 2011 to 2015, she worked at the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. So she was at the Fed New York, then she went to Ripple to up until 2018, where then she uh, joined the IMF's legal department. So she was working with the fund's FinTech work agenda, whatever that means, and provided technical assistance to member countries. Um, and now here she is at the Fed, uh, the Federal Reserve System, in charge of rolling out FedNow. And, and my take on your hypothesis is, my my guess is that the narrative is going to be focused in on these intra-bank transactions, on the JP Morgan clearing things with Chase uh, bank, you know, or whatever it may be, Citibank, you know, clearing transactions with Wells Fargo. Um, that I think is going to be the narrative. It's going to be this B2B narrative. And part of my take on that is those Jerome Powell uh, comments that we saw somewhere this week. I don't know if it was coming out of the, uh, the Fed meeting when he uh, basically said that, um, you know, if the if the Fed were to set up a digital dollar, Powell said, the central bank has no interest in managing retail accounts. Yes. And I'm just putting those two things together, which is I think the Fed now piece, while it does have implications for a, a you and I transacting with the government, I think its, it's starting point in July is going to be on these intra-bank, the big nacha, you know, the 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 liquidity that has to move between these banks at a high level before it sort of either trickles into uh you know at that point then pay you know paypal rolls it out apple pay rolls out peer payments um and it can just run on those same rails it'll be interesting to see if we no, ever really know I like how that. It, I, I, yeah. I like that 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 but that point is is a good one which is that all there are really are two conversations happening. In fact, there's really three conversations happening simultaneously under what we all are talking about as the same thing, which is we're waiting for regulation. But even that by itself has these two branches because there's institutional investors and institutional regulation, and there's retail investors and retail regulation. But that's just if you're looking at the U.S. And now these companies are making it a little more complicated who work in the U.S. because they're saying, well, that's true. We have American retail customers. We have American institutional customers. Like when you look at some of the investors in some of these programs, they'll say everything, everyone from Andreessen Horowitz, who's more of a tech investor from the Valley, but all the way up to guys like Vanguard, who are like BlackRock. Though the complication is that now those American companies are also working with international interests. And international regulation, of course, happens country by country, or in the case of the Eurozone, maybe the whole Euro zone is, is one group. But the point being, yes, Maybe Fed now does come out high and hard on the 22nd, and they ta are talking about the intra-bank kind of implications, if you will. 
anything international is all intrabank, right? There's no, mm-hmm. none of the right. companies from the U.S. are going offshore or talking about retail anybody, right? It's just how do you manage these large bank things? So you see there's this one big nut to crack, which is call it ACH, call it SWIFT, call it all these weird terms that used to manage the way that international monies moved and were, you know, transacted, calculated. That's all probably a rich feel to sow for all these American companies because our tech is quick. We're ready to go. Even if it's not the best, we can come into these countries and be like, we're America, and here's this great thing called Ripple. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm America, and here's this great thing called JPM coin. And they're going to make boatloads of money because that's all they want is the money, right? No one cares about anything but the money. So, that, so maybe let them go do all that. And then when FedNow comes out, maybe all they talk about is just the way that banks go. But when, when retail investors get told, which maybe we're the last ones to know because that's just we're just a bunch of, you know, we're just a bunch of crap heels running around the street, wasting <laughs> our money, chasing these guys. But it feels like, you know, obviously the trickle down will come. It feels still like there is going to be so much confusion in their effort to make it transparent. Regulation is going to be hitting and we're, we, the world, is going to see the, in, the institutional regulation maybe as a beacon or a bellwether to what might come for retail. And it's just going to be confusing because we're going to see all what's going to happen. And then when it actually comes to us, they're going to have a different set of rules. But um, but I agree with that. That'll be complicated. Which, is, which Cash App, I mean Venmo, PayPal, everybody is waiting to just turn on everything. Apple, Amazon, ready to turn on everything. Like you said, where everyone's ready to turn it on to start taking Americans' crypto dollars. I, I'm just <laughs> wondering what the what, what is Fed now really going to drop? They're not going to drop on the 22nd of of July. Like what's going to happen on your taxes in April of next year? Are they? Is that the only thing they're going to say? I I think from a consumer perspective, that's probably where they're going to go. You might see a partnership announcement. Maybe you see sort of like a uh, an Apple. Maybe it's not Apple. Maybe it's a more of like a Goldman or JP Morgan banking sort of message about how these transactions are going to affect consumers. But I, I don't know. I, I want to get to two other topics, and I'll try to bridge the gap here of like, we're going to get clarification on Fed now. We're going to figure out what's happening in the next month. Meanwhile, the SEC getting you know some clarification about where their standing is in this. We haven't talked about Gensler much, but in the in the meantime, let me let me start here. Mm. All this stuff just this week that we've just covered, Bitcoin is on a tear. You know, up seven eight percent. I don't know what it is in on the week, but clearly the markets are not going to wait. Uh, at least in the crypto markets, are not going to wait for any black and white you know ink to get dried. They're following the market signals, and this Bitcoin passing the thirty thousand mark, you know, as a kind of a critical juncture there, uh, signaling to a lot of folks that we are perhaps entering in another, you know, bull run summer. And I could see that happening. I could see the continued exponential growth of Bitcoin, other crypto markets, Polygon, XRP, all of these uh, that would be dramatically impacted with the BlackRock ETF going live with some regulation getting established with some regulatory clarity being given like all of those scenarios just make me even more bullish on the industry as a whole um and and then I go to another kind of the opposite end of that talk about Gary Gensler we want to get to uh the SEC versus 
FTX co-founder SBF, Sam Bankman-Fried, back in the news yet again. This guy will not die. Um, <laughs> They're allowing him to wash his hands of all crimes. As yeah. long as you're worshiping the SEC's church, it looks like, turns out, when you're ever you know when you're the Fed's pal, you don't go to jail. You they just dropped a boatload of charges. The current CEO, that guy who was the Enron clean upper, cleaner upper, he's saying they're relaunching FTX. It's going to be relaunched. Sam Bankman Fried not going to jail. Like he's, they're going to drop a bunch of charges. That was the first round of charges dropped. Would it be a huge surprise if they just dropped the whole second round of charges? I feel like they're just dropping charges to basically say, hey, we don't actually want to hear you testify about anything. Right. Well, that and yesterday, I mean, it's a New York Post article, but SEC boss (laughs) Gary Gensler faces ethics scrutiny over Sam Bankman-Fried meeting. So I hadn't heard this, but the... Uh, I guess there was a Zoom call that Gensler held in March 2022, so a little more than a year ago. Crazy to think we've been at this at least <laughs> at least a year, if not longer. No, it's been more um, two and a half, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, and now this now infamous virtual meeting, which came six months before he was arrested, is stoking criticism over alleged conflicts of interest because I guess he did not uh, follow the SEC's protocol, which would have required him to seek permission from the Office of Ethics Council in order to meet with SBF. He did not do that. Um, Supposedly, a spokesman for the SEC said Gensler had approval for the meeting, uh, but would not produce any documentation to support the claim. Uh, Interesting, right? Like, what was he talking about? We've already felt and we've covered at length the inside job. And now charges getting dropped at the same time you're seeing the regulatory framework shape up. It's just... It's hard not to laugh at the overall timing here. Um, so we, we and during we've the covered... week when the whole world is transfixed on a submarine. Yeah, all all uh, this is it... remind our audience. Every one of the stories we're talking about was re- was launched, was published early hours East Coast time during the week. The entire world was hanging on literally every ounce of air that the sub was supposed to have had. That's right. You got black. BlackRock Bitcoin ETF versus the rest of the market. You've got the U.S. you know DOJ no longer versus SBF uh, dropping charges. We've got this guy, this this woman Jesse Chang at Ripple. You know IMF launching Fed now. Uh, I don't even know if we covered Ripple at getting approval in in Singapore. We talked about Jerome Paul Jerome Powell talking about the Fed's position on stable coins and even just talking about stable coins just legitimizes the market. You've got the summer solstice of BTC, you know, reaching a new high, uh, at least on the year, not an all time high, but at least for the year, I believe. And and JP Morgan JPM coin going live. So <laughs> pay attention, buckle in. We'll be t- paying uh, a lot of attention, I think, over the next couple of weeks. Like you said, maybe we get some clarification as we head into uh, America's birthday week. And definitely as we head into the middle of July, following the Fed now, I think we're going to know where the SEC stands on all of this stuff. We're going to know how Fed now is operating. And I think we'll see more of these institutional uh, banks come into cryptocurrency and legitimize that market. So. 
Any any final takes? As uh, you know, look, let's, um, God, it's a lot. Let's let's take next week off. Let's have some vacation. Let's come back on the 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 week of the birth of the nation because I I feel like between now and then, to to someone we haven't heard a lot from recently, but uh, Patrick McHenry, who is that um, Republican uh, senator who does a lot of the crypto oversight, who was grilling Gensler, he is supposedly writing up two. Not one, but two crypto bills that are going to be passed in July, you know, in conjunction with a bunch of people on a bunch of oversight committees, whatever. That's the latest rumor. I want to buy the rumor, sell the news. But let's let's take next <laughs> week off. Let's get back before the July fireworks. And uh, yeah, man, I'm going to I'm going to load up on Bitcoin. If I see a dip, I'm going to get a little bit more. <laughs> All right. Now's the time you heard it here. We'll leave it there and we'll uh, we'll talk to you July 4th week. July 4th week. Have a great time off. Bye bye. That's all the time we have for Off the Record, On the Rocks. Join us next week for news and all things crypto. Bring up the house lights. It's last call.